Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is 66 degrees, uh, 611 in the Twin Cities. Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. Great to be with you on a Saturday. Back on the air here on CCO Radio. Got bumped a couple of weeks for those twins, but my goodness. Let's get bumped for something awesome. I mean, those twins are just, it's the best record in baseball. Unbelievable. I have not been to a game yet. Uh, at Target Field this year, I, I got to admit, I've been waiting for the weather, and I'm beginning to think that maybe if I wait for the weather, I might miss the season, but <laughs> maybe that's a little negative, but really, that those twins have been so exciting. The coverage here on CCO Radio, amazing. Uh, the coverage of the games, amazing. The broadcasters do such a great job. It's so exciting to listen to. Uh, And and it's so much fun to hear it on this signal because I know a lot of you are out there in your cars this holiday weekend driving. And you're driving to great places in our region. And it's so nice to get that crystal clear signal. You can hear the whole game. It's it's just absolutely wonderful. Well, listen, I've got a great show lined up for you. Um, Starting this hour, we are going to visit with some women who are, I, I think, real heroes in their fight to bring down the cost of insulin. And later in the hour, we also are going to visit with uh, a woman who's an expert on foraging, which might be kind of cool if you're headed out to someplace uh, rural or outstate uh, or in other parts of our region where you've got woods and and forests around you. What kinds of treasures can you find for your table as you go on your little walk or your little hike? But we're going to start this hour and we're going to do an extended visit with these two ladies um, because I'm afraid that something – unfortunate has happened. Um, I first met Quinn Nystrom and I had met Nicole Smith-Holt before. Uh, They are with Minnesota Insulin for All. Nicole Smith-Holt has gotten a lot of media coverage. She's a wonderful lady, very down to earth, as is Quinn. Uh, Nicole Smith-Holt really put her tragedy out there. She lost her son, uh, her 26-year-old son, because he was rationing his insulin because he couldn't afford a $1,300 refill. She was the guest of Amy Klobuchar at the State of the Union. Uh, they have been fighting, uh, and Quinn uses uh, uh, insulin herself. They've been fighting not, not just for reduced prices, but for an emergency bill in the Minnesota legislature to provide uh, an emergency supply of insulin for anybody who is maybe sort of down on their luck, or maybe they have an extra bill, maybe their furnace goes out. Uh, you, you know the drill. You lose a job and suddenly thousands of dollars, you lose your insurance. Thousands of dollars for life-saving medication is something that you can't afford. Uh, this was in – it passed the House. It passed the Senate. And I have not talked to either of these ladies. I've just been following the dialogue on social media. It does not sound as if their bill, the Alex Smith bill, which would provide this safety net package of emergency insulin – got into the final bill that was approved by the legislature this morning. Uh, Quinn Nystrom and Nicole Smith-Hole, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate your coming on. Are you, are you both with us? Yep, I'm here. Okay. This is Nicole. Um, I'm all right. here. This is Quinn. And, and Nicole, are you on as well? 
Yep, I'm here. Okay, Nicole, uh, why don't we start with you? Uh, this is the bill named for your son. Um, what happened? You know, I think, to be honest, I think some shady stuff happened behind some closed doors at the last minute. I think pharma infiltrated our state capitol and, and bought off some of our legislators. Okay. Unfortunately, you know, that's just kind of how they operate. And okay. So, so what, what, and again, what, what my, the House passed a bill that would have provided a 90 day supply. I think it was about 20 to $30 million of an allocation. And you'd obviously have to apply for it. Uh, the Senate bill was uh, a lot less 30 million. I'm sorry, a 30 day supply, but it was still something. So the fact that both the House and Senate had passed versions of it generally means something's going to come out of a conference committee, but in the final rush, it didn't get left in. I don't know why it didn't, um, but you, you, there was no explanation given to you, Nicole? We have still yet to hear a completely honest explanation. There's been a lot of finger pointing. There's been a lot of speculation that it was an omission, that it was an error, that, um, I mean, there's just no true honest-to-goodness explanation for what seemed to happen at the last minute. Well, I just, I wanted to say um, that I'm sorry, because I just, I think I I have a lot of respect for for you, and, uh, you know, I have have the utmost respect for anybody who can, and I, I see this in my job as a reporter and as a talk show host, people who suffer an unimaginable tragedy and then put themselves out there to help other people. I, I don't know. Um, those people have a strength that, that is just so impressive. And Nicole, I think you have done that. And obviously, I'm sure you're not giving up. Um, Quinn Nystrom, I know that you have been one of the organizers behind this effort because you yourself uh, are, are struggling with this high cost of insulin. Um, what do you think happened, Quinn? Well, like Nicole said, um, you know, uh, Senator Michelle Benson, um, you know, on the side of the Republican senators, she cited this, um, uh, you know, I think very silly excuse, which is she cited a clerical error, um, which I just don't buy because in statute it says any staffer on either side can fix something like that because we all know oftentimes they're working, you know, 48 hours straight, and it's very easy to make a small air like that. And, um, you know, last night, I think it was this morning at like 2.45, it was brought to the Senate floor to vote again on that single bill to be brought back so that it could be included, um, you know, in the package. And it was voted pretty much on straight party lines, 34, 33, 34 votes saying no, that the emergency insulin bill, the Alex Smith bill, uh, would not be included. And to me, shame on the 34 senators who, um, you know, really went back on their word when every single one of them supported that bill, you know, just what, Nicole, I think a month earlier. Um, yeah, not even that, like two and a half weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, to, to change their tune, I mean, shame on them. You know, when, when they had all come out and said they supported it, they were going to stand with people with diabetes, they were going to stand with a half million of us in Minnesota who have it, 
you know, I, I just don't buy whatever little excuses they are now giving and, and saying that it's okay that we wait a year. We well, cannot wait a year. More people are going to die because of this. Okay. Um, you know, and, and I, I have to tell you, you know, I have not had a chance to talk to any of the, the legislators that you're talking about, including Senator Michelle Benson, who who I, you know, have a lot of respect for. So I'm not sure. And I know that there was a frantic end to, to get this mm-hmm. things on. So I don't have that. I have no reason to doubt your version of things. The bottom line, it's not there. I have no doubt that you folks are not giving up at all. Um, I do believe, Devin, we, we have to take a quick break, right? Should we take a quick yeah. break here? We're going to take a quick break, but we, you, you ladies are going to come back because I want you to put this out there because I'm not sure. There are 500,000 uh, Minnesotans who depend on insulin. I'm not sure, and I've done stories on it. You were kind enough to do an interview with me on TV. I'm not sure that, that everybody understands the, the really outrageous price, literally the price of this medication, how you went to Canada – uh, on a bus and got it for a tenth the price. But hang on, ladies, because I, I want to get more into this because I think it's very important. And, and I know that you'll be fighting for this next year. And I also know that there are a lot of people uh, who, unfortunately, have had to fight several years in the legislature to get what they wanted. So um, hang on. We're going to talk more with Quinn Nystrom and also Nicole Smith-Hold about their battle to keep insulin prices uh, low and also to provide a safety net for Minnesotans who are, who are having a hard time paying for this life-saving medication. So keep it here. You're listening to News Talk 830. Esme Murphy back with you on News Talk 830. We're chatting with Quinn Nightstrom uh, of Minnesota Insulin for All and Nicole Smith-Holt, who lost her own son uh, to uh, when he rationed his insulin. Um, and they were both trying to get a safety net measure passed with the legislature. It looked like it was going to happen, and the last minute it did not get included in the bill. We're, we're still trying to work that out. Obviously, these ladies are very disappointed. Um, Quinn, let me ask you, how much does your insulin cost, or how much does insulin cost, and how much cheaper were you folks able to get it in Canada a few weeks ago when you went up there in a caravan to get it? Yeah, so, um, you know, there's a couple different kinds of insulin out on the market. But, for example, I have type 1 diabetes, and I use um, a kind from a company called Novo Nordis. It's called Novolog. It retails anywhere between $320 to $400 in the United States. In Canada, I can walk in. It's actually over the counter, unlike the United States, and it is $30. So I was able to purchase 10 vials for under the price of one vial that I can get it here in the United States. Uh, It was uh, pretty amazing, actually. I almost felt like I was robbing the Canadian pharmacy when I bought that many vials for that cost, right. to be honest. And, and Nicole, your son, Alec, passed away because he had just aged out. He was 26. He had just aged out of your insurance, and he was trying to ration it because he couldn't afford the $1,300 refill, and he didn't have insurance. Yeah. And and, and so that's why you're trying to, 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 to pass this bill. Um, is this... Um, I assume you folks will be back, and, and I, I believe it was you, Nicole, who I saw a, a thing on social media saying that you were Googling how to run for state senate. Yes. <laughs> well, you know something, Nicole? That's, uh, you know, you'd be good, <laughs> and you're tenacious, and you'd be good. I don't know if you've got the time. I know you've got a full-time job, but it, it's it, a lot of people running for office have started with something like this. 
Right. Um, you know, Senator Amy Klobuchar, who I know has worked very hard with you, and you were her guest for the State of the Union, started her political career because uh, her daughter was born with, with a, a pretty severe uh, ailment she couldn't swallow, and they were kicked out of the hospital within 24 hours, you know, after giving birth to her. So I, I would assume that, that, that <laughs> if you did run, I think you'd have a lot of backers there. <laughs> Um, what is next for you? I know that you folks are planning another run up to Canada. Uh, tell us about that. Quinn, do you want to talk about the, the Michigan? Because yeah. if somebody, I am sure, and just, you know, just in our, um, you know, in the conversation, uh, our, our wonderful you know, studio producer here, Devin here was saying, you know, I, I mean, it, it touches just about everybody. You're saying, oh, his girlfriend's father ha- is on insulin and is to be super careful. And luckily he has good insurance, but he's very careful about it. I mean, I think there are a lot of people listening right now who who are saying that's me too or that's my loved one's me too as well. Or else there are other uh, horrifically expensive medicines and, and medications out there. Yeah. Um, tell us about this caravan because and how people can get information on it because it is remarkably – less expensive in Canada, one-tenth the cost. Yeah, so if people are interested in going, it's open to anybody. Uh, We will be leaving uh, Minneapolis um, on a coach bus on Friday, June 28th. Uh, We will be um, going to Canada. We will be returning on Sunday, June 30th. Um, We will be going to London, Ontario, actually, where the birthplace of insulin, uh, where it was discovered nearly 100 years ago, uh, where Dr. Banting and Best discovered it. They actually sold the the patent um, for only uh, $2, so it's pretty incredible to see, um, you know, where it's become full circle. But people uh, who are interested or want more information, the easiest way is probably just to email me at Minnesota Insulin for All. That would be mninsulin, the number four, all at gmail.com. Right. And then you you folks are all over um, social media. So if you even Google Minnesota Insulin, mninsulin, I-N-S-U-L-I-N, number four, and then all, um, you guys come up. One of the things that I – and actually I found out more detail. I was stunned that you could walk into a Canadian pharmacy without – a prescription, although you did have prescriptions with you. How does that work? So in Canada, their their insulin is actually sold over the counter, that no prescription is required. So anybody, such as myself, who is not in need of insulin, can go walk in and, and purchase the insulin that they desire, and no prescription needed. The pharmacy tech would ask you a few questions, make sure you understood what you were taking, make sure you've taken it before and had no adverse side effects. They sell you the insulin and you leave. The reason we brought prescriptions with us is because sometimes at the discretion of the border patrol, they can ask you for verification of, you know, justification of why you had actually been to Canada and why you needed to purchase insulin. Right. And when you think about it, there could be uh, there. And there is. And what I'm shocked to find out, too, is there is a black market. uh, But under Canadian rules, you're only supposed to bring a three month supply, which is. Yeah. So they want to make sure that you're not bringing in an excessive amount and then turning around and selling it for a profit. Right. Um, And that process went very smoothly. And in fact, uh, Nicole, your son passed away in 2017. You were able to purchase a, a vial for how much? 
Um, the insulin that I purchased, I chose to purchase uh, Lantus, which is a, a long-lasting insulin. Um, type 1s who are not on a pump will take that at night to, to make sure that their their blood sugar levels stay at a normal range while they're asleep since they can't monitor those levels. Um, typically here in the United States, or at least in Minnesota, that, that vial is running $432, and I spent just under $60 for it. Wow. Um, and I know that, that you know, the, the safety net bill that you tried to get into the legislature and get have the legislature passed, that was not your end goal. This was just a stopgap measure to save lives. Right. Your end goal is you're fighting to get the prices reduced. Absolutely. Okay. It's criminal what pharmaceutical companies are getting away with. It's absolutely criminal. Right. And it's not just insulin. It's, you know, it's EpiPens, it's inhalers. It's it's 95% of the products that they are selling is overpriced okay. and and they should uh, lower their list prices and make okay. it more affordable for people to actually you know be able to afford the prescriptions that their doctor requires of them now ladies um we have to take a break for weather but we're going to continue this conversation because one of the things that, that that's been out there and I think I saw some Republicans and I think some of the maybe legislators um, who didn't support the final measure of this tweeting about one company reducing the cost of one type of insulin by half. But there's there's a lot more to that. And, and I want to get to that with you. And again, I want to give out the information for people, uh, again, to find you and, and to find you perhaps for this trip to Canada. But uh, let's take a, a quick break. We're going to give you some weather, folks. And then we'll have more with Quinn Nystrom and Nicole Smith-Holt. Again, they are with the group Minnesota MN Insulin for All. So we'll talk with them after this. You're listening to News Talk 830. It is 636 in the Twin Cities. Esme Murphy, along with Quinn Nystrom and Nicole Smith-Holt, they are with the group Minnesota Insulin for All. Uh, And as we've been telling you, they had tried to get a stopgap safety net measure passed in the Minnesota legislature, which just wrapped up its business this morning. Uh, They thought it was going to be in the bill. I thought it was going to be in the bill. uh, And it was left out. And it would have provided uh, an emergency supply, a free emergency supply for anybody who was needed insulin, which is, of course, a life-saving drug here, Uh, and it didn't get in the bill. Um, One of the things that came out in the last week or so, and I'll tell you, I'll ask you, Nicole, was that one of the um, manufacturers reduced the cost of, I believe it's just one form of insulin by half, and there's been a lot of you know pushback from from your group saying, "Hey, listen, it's still way more than we can afford, and it's just one type of insulin." Explain right. explain what's going on there, Nicole. Yeah, so Eli Lilly, who is the manufacturer of Humalog, which is the type of insulin that my son used, um, you know, I have done a lot of fighting with Eli Lilly about, because it's personal to me, that company is personal to me. Um, I've met with them. I've been at rallies in front of their facility and they have taken a few steps to try to take the attention off of themselves because, you know, they've gone before Congress recently. You know, there's been multiple investigations going on with the way that Eli Lilly is and Novo and Sanofi, the way that they operate their business and the the unethical process of the price gouging. So Eli Lilly thought that they would try to take a little bit of the negative attention off of themselves. And they decided that they would take their best-selling product, which is Humalog, 
and take that humalog and slap a new label on it and call it something else and offer it to certain people for half the price. And and, and and not everybody uses that particular no, type of insulin. No, there's multiple. And, and when you say half the price, what what is it? What does that uh, mean? Like one hundred and sixty-seven dollars. Okay, still very it's very still, high. It's still very expensive because you have to remember that a type one diabetic, you know, it's at one hundred and sixty-seven dollars a vial. They use multiple of those vials per month, so we're still talking about an expensive product, and we're talking about a product that only costs six dollars and sixteen cents to manufacture. And then they're turning around and they're increasing the price. Or they're, they say that they've dropped the price by half. Well, they've increased it 1,200%. So then they turn around and drop it by 600%. And it's still overly yeah. priced. Yeah. And it's still not what they sell it to for every other country in the United States. Um, and Quinn, why don't we, you know, and, and we're, we're talking about diabetes. We're talking about insulin. Um, I think a lot of people, I think there's a lot of confusion about diabetes type 1, type 2. You folks have, have type 1, which is the one that is not connected to diet. Um, it, it's just random who can get it, right? Exactly. So type 1 diabetes makes up around 5% of the 30 million Americans who live with diabetes. And because it's an autoimmune disease, it means that, you know, typically when you're younger, but sometimes it can happen when you're a young adult, it means that the beta cells in your body have attacked your pancreas. And so your pancreas literally no longer produces insulin. And so there was nothing, you know, that myself, my younger brother, Alec, um, other type ones could have done to prevent that diagnosis. Uh, we're not really born with it um, because it's not like we all got it when we were newborns, but typically you get diagnosed, the majority of us under the age of 18. Sometimes, again, it'll happen older, but not always. And so somebody with type 1 diabetes needs to have insulin every single day, and they have insulin in their body around the clock. Otherwise, they will die, and they will go into diabetes ketoacidosis and ultimately die because we need insulin to stay alive. Insulin is like oxygen to a type 1. And, again, some type 2s need insulin, but all 100% of type 1s need it. And so to put it in perspective, there's 7.5 million out of the 30 million Americans with diabetes that are dependent on insulin every single day. Right. And, and I, think, I think, you know, there are obviously, I'm sure, a lot of people also listening to us tonight who are, who are struggling with the price of um, other medications that, that are just sky high. And, and I think what's... So unfortunate is, and I think what you you all you had a news conference at the Capitol. I thought what was so compelling is that what's so unfair about the system is that a lot of the people who are really struggling are are, are self employed people who are on these very high deductible plans, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just not right. I mean, it's just it's it's just not right now. What what is what is I, I and obviously you've got you've got the caravan to Canada here and again if you, if you're wondering about this group folks it's it's Minnesota Insulin for All I, I'm sure you'll be back at the Capitol and I I don't mean to um I know that that for instance I, I've done a lot of work with the folks that uh, got the opioid le- legislation um, passed I've you know gone to some of their fundraisers and um, emceed them and I know that they tried three times before they got it. And I'm not saying that it should be that way at all. But, you know, I know that (laughs) if you keep coming back and keep fighting, sticking around, it it can work. But in the meantime, I think you folks are worried that that people will fall through the cracks right now. What happens if somebody can't afford their medicine right now? 
they need to reach out. I think social media has been a lifesaver for a lot of type 1 diabetics who are struggling to afford their insulin. And there's a huge community on Twitter and through Facebook, and people are doing whatever they can to provide for those in need. It's 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 an amazing community that I've never seen before. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, no man left behind. But the mm-hmm. diabetes community is there's no diabetic left behind. People are struggling, but they're going to share with you. And we will do whatever we can to help you find that resource to keep you alive. And there is the option of going to Canada or ordering online with a Canadian pharmacy. There are, you know, we do have some some connections to. And, and Nicole, you didn't know that. When, Nicole, right. you didn't know that when Alec was going. No, I was under the impression it was illegal to purchase medications from outside the United States, but. It's kind of a gray area, but you can do it, and right. you won't go to jail. And again, it's over yeah. insulin's over the counter, right? In in, in Canada, yeah, um, and a lot of other countries in the world too. Okay, and you folks, have, you know, fighting so hard, and you have some pretty powerful allies. I mean, Senator Klobuchar is is somebody who has gotten a lot of legislation done. She's been with you for for quite some time. And how yeah. are those advances going on the federal level? Uh, you know, it seems that the federal level is a little bit slower than the state level. But I do okay. have the, uh, you know, strong allies and, and amazing support with both Tina Smith and Amy Klobuchar. They have, they're consistently reaching out and they're consistently, you know, letting me, you know, updating me on what they are doing in D.C. to try to help. Right. It's, it, you know, unfortunately, pharma, pharma has a lot of money and they spend a lot of their money at the Capitol lobbying to keep things the way that they are. And that's a difficult process to get through. Right. But, you know, we are making headway. There right. are, as you can see, you know, there are some some committee hearings yeah. that have popped up. There's some investigations going on. There's, there's hearings happening. There's people that know okay. that this is a problem, and they are actually taking it seriously at this point. Well, listen, Quinn Nystrom and Nicole Smith-Holt, thank you both so much. And I'm actually working uh, over at TV. Actually, tomorrow I'll be there and also on Monday. But I'm, I'm going to suggest this as a story for Monday because I think, I think people need to know. We did, we did several stories with you folks, and I think people need to know that it didn't happen, perhaps why it didn't happen, and the fact that you guys aren't uh, giving up at all. Again, thank you so much. And again, for everybody who wants information about what you're doing and this caravan, um, Minnesota Insulin for All. They've got, they've got, they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter, they're all over social media. Thank you so much, ladies. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Absolutely. You, you folks are great and, and keep, keep, keep pushing. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of respect for, for, for both those ladies and, and that entire organization. And I'm just amazed. I, I'm so blessed to have healthy children and, uh, to not have to deal with that. I mean, it's the cost of, <laughs> Any kind of procedure is high enough these days without having to deal with that. I just, I can't, I don't know how people do it. I really don't. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about something a little more upbeat here. Um, if you are going out of to someplace, one of our wonderful regions with forests and woods and prairies, there are wonderful plants that you can harvest that you can actually eat. We're going to talk about foraging coming up next on News Talk E3O. It is 66 degrees in the Twin Cities, 648. Well, I hope that you're heading out to someplace fun, even though it is a little cooler and there are going to be some showers. We'll have some more weather at the top of the hour uh, on Monday. Tomorrow looks actually great. 
and if you're out and about, um, you might want to try foraging. Foraging is the term for when you look in nature and look at some of the bounty that is there, uh, really, that you are walking by that you might be able to use uh, to eat. Uh, it's all over in this wonderful place that we call home. And joining us right now is Maria Wesserly. She is the founder of Four Seasons Foraging. Uh, Maria, am I saying your name correctly? Yes, you are. Hi, oh, thank you. Absolutely. All right. And you were the founder of Four Seasons Foraging. Let me ask you, so many of us talking about the weather, has this, and I know a lot of farmers are concerned because they've been getting, many of them are getting too much rain, not all of them, many of them. How is the, oh, yeah. how has the, the, the weather been for foraging? Yeah, so it really depends on the plant. I mean, obviously, Naturally. wetland species like it like this. Um, you know, anything they'll find growing in a lowland area or a marsh, be it like cattail or fiddleheads. Um, they like this kind of weather. Um, I know the places I like to go morel hunting are all flooded. So that's like the question. (laughs) You know, I was, I was going to ask you about that because, um, occasionally my husband, you know, strikes pay dirt and he's, he's been saying, you know, with the morels and th- those are one of the things that are, um, I think a lot of people really treasure those because those are wonderful. You're saying that it's a little tougher morels. Yeah. Yeah. At least for me, um, I'm sure people have their spots that are, you know, not so close to a river or Creek or whatever, but, but like, that's kind of where, <clears throat> excuse me, that's kind of where, I've gone in the past, and yeah, it's uh, not ideal for that right now. Okay. How could people find out about foraging and find out about your group? Well, uh, so I have a website. It's fourseasonforaging.com. So there's no S on season. It's just singular. Four season. Yep. And on there, you can find events that I do. There's also a blog with, like, articles and videos about foraging, um, and yeah, there's lots of great events that happen in the area. There's some great authors. Um, so yeah, I recommend starting there. If you're absolutely new, probably going to an event is the best thing, but if you have some experience identifying plants, um, maybe just getting a book is a good way for you to go. All right. And let me ask you, Maria, uh, you know, somebody like me, I'm always worried that I'm going to make a mistake. I mean, I know that, that for instance, there's a fake morel, a faux morel, uh, that looks very much like a real morel that, that apparently is, is poisonous. Isn't that right? Um, well, there's some controversy about that. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so basically there's, um, well, there's a true morel, and then there's something called a half-free morel, which is like... So with real morels, the stem um, is connected. Like if you cut it open, the uh, cap and the stem are connected at the bottom. Right. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yes. But if you uh, with a half free, that's connected like halfway up the cap. So oh, like interesting. Okay. Overhang, kind of like an umbrella. Yeah. And then there's another kind called verpas, and those are totally. Um, like the cap is totally free off the stem. It looks more like an umbrella like. Yeah. Um, and with the. Verpa- are, are those poisonous? So those other ones that look a little bit like morels. The ones that look a little bit like morels are probably like the beefsteak. And there is a lot of controversy about whether they're edible or poisonous. Um, 
And there are lots of people who eat them and other people who say that's not a good idea because they're toxic. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where you just have to do your research and decide. Right. And so the, the, the uh, people I, – I guess what I'm doing is I don't want to poison myself. I want to enjoy it and enjoy the food that I like. And, and that makes me nervous and I'm sure that makes a lot of other people nervous. How can you make sure you don't do that while enjoying perhaps this, which it could be a great hobby and obviously you, 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 you've – made, you know, a, a real passion out of it. You've got a website and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. So I think that the emphasis on poisonous plants is um, a bit exaggerated, usually, um, because while there are poisonous plants and poisonous mushrooms, there's not as many as you would maybe think, um, just looking at, you know, stuff in the media about uh, poisoning from wild edibles. Um, and in most cases, it's really easy to tell apart the poisonous plant or mushroom from the non-poisonous one. Um, of course, there are exceptions. There are plants and or mushrooms that are much harder to identify. But with something like morels, um, those are considered one of the so-called foolproof for. So as long as you're looking at the identification features and like, you know, just not completely ignoring uh identification features for morels, you're not going to mistake it for something else. And basically 100% of okay. the time, you'll get the correct mushroom. What what are, uh, what are is happening right now? What are some of the things that we could be looking for right now that, that might be plentiful? Yeah, so as far as plants go, um, stinging nettle is one I love a lot. It's, you know, when you touch it, it stings you. and that Stinging nettle. People. Yes. And and how do you cook that? How do you, I mean, is that like in a salad? And, and what does it taste like? Uh, it tastes really good. It tastes, it has a very strong green flavor, kind of like a concentrated spinach in a way. Ooh, okay. Um, and it doesn't yeah, sting you when you, you eat it? Do you boil it or? Um, yeah. So you boil it or steam it, uh, saute it. Um, if you have a powerful blender that will blend it up. Thoroughly, you can like put it in a smoothie, and those are really good. Um, like a green smoothie. Okay, so you've got and, yeah, stinging nettles. Like, yep, yep. <laughs> and you want to use gloves when you're picking that, so you don't get stung when you're picking it. Okay. Um, but yeah, stinging nettles. Uh, some really common, like just lawn weeds, like dandelion. I actually like a lot. Um, right now it's flowering, and the flowers can just be. You can toss into a salad. Um, you can pull out the petals and add them to like cookie recipes or muffins or other kind of quick spreads, biscuits or whatever. Um, you can batter and fry them like a fritter. So I don't know if you've had a fritter before, but basically you make kind of a like pancake yeah. batter and then you dip the flowers in and deep fry it. Oh, um, you know, I've had um, zucchini blossoms. Uh, yeah. Fried like that, and and they're very good. I mean, although I, you know, yeah. I sort of sort of thought, you know, I I like the fair, so I like a lot of uh, you know, I, th- that that makes sense. But you, I did not know you could do that with with dandelion flowers. Totally. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I always tell people it's like state fair food. Like you know, if you're scared of the um, you know bitter qualities of dandelion or of you know just eating wild plants in general because of the flavor like start with fritters because it's just like not objectionable okay. at all it tastes like a funnel cake basically okay <laughs> i know it doesn't like funnel cake cakes all right well listen maria westerly your 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 um website is 
four season foraging. Four season foraging. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. Listen, I want to invite you to tune in to WCCO TV Sunday morning, 6 a.m., 10.30 a.m. Micah Gustinak and I will be there. 10.30 a.m., we will have Senator Karen Housley to talk about a new law that she got through the legislature to license assisted living facilities. They have not been licensed. And also how you can put a hidden camera in your loved one's room if you're concerned about abuse. So that's tomorrow on WCCO-TV. Keep it here, though, on News Talk 830. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.